ate too many chips today. I know. Oh, I feel like a potato. <laughs> <laughs> One solid potato woman. <laughs> oh. I guess if you like eat the whole Pringles thing straight that way, it just kind of, you know, like fills you up from top to bottom. You just pack it all in. It's potato all the way down. I was thinking about this. Okay. I have a different story. We have these like, they're like cut Ruffles chips. And I was looking at them and I was like, there are a couple of potatoes in this bag. Like how many, like. There's more than a couple of potatoes in that bag. There's more than a couple, I'm sure, but I'm like, I wonder if I could like reconstruct. I know that's not how, like, you gonna, are you gonna beautiful mind it? <laughs> you just like potato puzzles it back together. I just wonder what one of those would look like. No, well, I feel it's like, like they a don't puzzle. Have the... There's always gonna be one piece missing. It's gonna yeah. be very frustrating. True, it'll be because I ate it. What was your thing? <laughs> My thing was your mom told a fun story. Were you around when she talked about the office cat that she talks about all the time? A little bit. I think I was in the other room. Okay, so uh, Damon's mom has an office cat that uh, is a big old chunker guy, and he's named something chunky. And uh, they were like, he's just such a friendly boy, but he just lays around all the time, and he weighs like 30 pounds. And they took him to the vet, and the vet was like, oh, that's because he's impacted. This cat was packed to the brim. (laughs) And they got it all out of him. They gave him cat enemas, and he lost five pounds. (laughs) Oh, just from being irrigated. That is that is a lot of percentage of body mass. Yeah, and they were like, he's much friendlier now. Yeah, no <laughs> he shit. runs around and hangs out with people. I was going to say no shit, but literally but no shit. shit. <laughs> oh, man. They have him on a better diet. I guess he, he arrived very tightly packed. <laughs> Gross. They should name him Elvis, though. <laughs> That's mean. Make believe money. Make believe money. Three fine folks discuss fictional finance. Make believe money. Hey, welcome to Make Believe Money. I'm Liz. I'm Damon. I'm Dan. Hey, Dan, what are we talking about? We're going to talk about Futurama. Yeah, so that's that. Okay, good. I'm excited. Podcast over. (laughs) (laughs) All right, there we are. Well, do one of you want to do plot or do you want to do ratings or what do you want to do? Oh, yeah, I guess we haven't recorded in a long time, so we got to kind of get back on the horse here. Uh, As an update to listeners, I guess uh, we've had a brief break in recording because Damon and I done got married. So now all the jokes about like getting a divorce from earlier in the podcast make sense. They're going to be a lot more tense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be very uncomfortable. Yeah. You'll just hear Dan's chair slowly backing Ooh, away from the table. I got to go. <laughs> I, I, I think I hear my wife calling from a mile and a half I, away. I have to go. Uh, Damon and I have been rolling with the, uh, the <laughs> joke of anytime we argue about anything even very small, we say to the other one, uh, I'm really glad this is what you've decided to end our marriage over. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I like it. Um, yeah, let's do let's do plot first. I feel like that'd be good. Uh, All right, roll right into it. Uh, you do it. You start, Damon. Me. Okay. Um, so the story begins in uh, December thirty first, nineteen ninety nine, when a dopey delivery boy uh, makes a prank pizza delivery to a cryogenics lab. That's delivered uh, to I see wiener. wiener. <laughs> I see wiener. Oh man. <laughs> Um, he then proceeds to get, uh, captured inside of a cryogenics chamber, 
uh, and sent via cryogenics into the future year of 3000 AD, um, 1000 years into the future from his point of view. Uh, and then he goes about, uh, just finding his place in the world. You know, he reconnects with his long lost nephew and they great, 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 great grand nephew. I said long lost. Who is much, 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 much older than him. Yeah. Yeah. Professor Farnsworth. Whatever. He's like a thousand years older than him. What are you talking about? That's true. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) me, why me? Time's a flat circle. Uh, but he, he runs into uh, a litany of colorful characters, including uh, his robot best friend, Bender, uh, and his um, Cyclopsian love interest, Leela. And they gallivant around the galaxy having... Yes, a variety of aliens and other yeah. things. It's uh, not a serialized show. Not it's really. It's very episodic. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it builds slowly, but in no way does anything that happened in the episode no. before matter to that. It really depends next. on which cancellation you consider canonical. Yeah, that's yes. fair <laughs> enough. Because uh, it was canceled, what, three times? I think so. Yeah. Uh, which sucks, because it was a very good show. I enjoyed it. And actually, I thought I they mean, did a pretty good job great, bringing back like, after Poor shows don't get canceled three times. Poor shows get canceled once. once. That's true. <laughs> good choice. The fact <laughs> that there was a demand for it to come back, not once, but twice, speaks to something. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they you're right, Dan. They did do a good job of bringing it back once they had the green light again because, like, some shows, like, community... Yeah, plus, like, they changed network. They did, they did like, everything that a show, like, should fail on. Right. And, like, I can't tell you what was, like, a Fox show... What was a Fox episode and what was a Comedy Central episode. Yeah, really. I don't have a clear... I mean, I, I probably could go find, but I don't have, like, a clear... Oh, that's when it went... Yeah, if you just put one in front of me... to X. Yeah. Right. Like, there's no <laughs> annoying, like, nephew character or anything that, like, you have to... Well, there isn't, like, Professor Farnsworth has a clone boy that he... But he's from before. He's, yeah, but he's, he's annoying. He's actually from the original. He is, but... <laughs> I can't but stand I believe, in um, oh, my recollection, he has maybe two episodes that center on him, and I think every time they learned, oh, right, oh, never right. again. He's the Each network one. had to learn it once, and then they went, okay, oh, never again. this one. At yeah. least, like, is the ones where he hangs out with, like, Hermes' kid is at least fun, because Hermes' kid is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I feel like that... What were you going to say? More plot? Uh, no, not plot. Tangent. But we can come back to it. Go it's ahead. fine. Oh, I was just saying, I was looking over the fall television schedule, and like, I got really excited about Brooklyn Nine-Nine coming back. <gasps> oh, yeah. Um, but it is jumping in at work this season, and I'm uh, a little and curious. hopefully not the shark. And hopefully yeah. not the shark, but like, I'm a little curious like what that is going to look like. But it's kept all of its people, right? As far as I'm sure, it's the them, exact yeah. same show. Okay. Because like, like that's when shows really have troubles when they like change networks and also people and writers specifically writers trying to make a show happen when they have no idea or they never were in the room to write it in the first place. Right. Yeah. Anyway. So want to do ratings? Yeah. Sure. I'll start. Uh, I'm going to give myself uh, seven and a half. Because this is oh, one. Nice. This is another one that goes pretty deep, I think. But I, I've loved V-Drama very hard and have watched it. Like over and over and over and over and over again, almost more than I've seen The Simpsons, probably. And well, it's, it's easier. Less to see. No, yeah, I think there's not still plenty. I think there's right. what nine or ten seasons, but uh, yeah, something like that. With all the extensions, I think mm-hmm. there's ten. And it's easier to watch all of it in a row because it's just all on Netflix. Yeah. You don't have to like go have an FX subscription to see it, and it won't take you a whole year to watch the whole show. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say a six because I, like, I watched the premiere. I watched, like, a bulk of the original run through, like, as it was airing and whatnot. Um, but especially with the the revival and everything, like, I was convinced that there were episodes that I have never seen. But that said, like, I every time I sit down, I start watching an episode and I realize I've seen it, like, four or five times. Yeah. And I don't, like, I'm just not convinced of my authority on it. But, like, most episodes, like, if I can get, like, three minutes in and tell you, like, the entire remainder of the plot, like, so. I feel like you're the same way about The Simpsons, though, where you feel like you don't have a good told That one point. is definitely, like, that one is just cultural osmosis at this point. Oh, like, really? I, I genuinely think I've not seen much of, like, what people consider, like, the good stuff. Um, but I am knowledgeable of what those jokes are. Sure. Because I lived in a society that was referencing them constantly for the last 30 years so i saw an interesting play once where like it was a post-apocalyptic and people oh, yeah. were like some people made their living like re uh, acting out entertainment to like the first generation that like missed tv yeah and they like did the simpsons and they had an economy around buying like the scripts of the simpsons so they could make it and then they like followed over like 10 generations and how it like descended into like the great works of art of their time, but like uh-huh. it was totally like a mashup of a bunch of different seasons and episodes and things you would know. It was just very That's interesting. That's amazing. Yeah, it was weird, but it, it was, was cool. It's called Mr. Burns a Post Electric Play, something like something that. Something like that. I remember, like, I had a friend in it who played Bart, I think. Or at least. I played an entertainer who played Bart. <laughs> yeah. In, yep. Mr. I Burns a Post Electric Play. Yeah. Nice poll. Thank I you. saw it and I why I wasn't getting there. Oh, it's just a theater thing. She's a nerd. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but it was it would have gone around, I think it won some Jeff Awards, which is like the Tony's been in Chicago and it's not on TV. Yeah, I saw it at the seven seven three. It was good. Yeah. Uh anywho, uh if I'm gonna give myself a seven and a half because Liz. Because literally Liz. everything she said is about where I am. Yeah, yeah. It goes deep, but I've seen it a ton of times, in order and not in order and every other thing, and like really enjoy it and it's one that I will occasionally just put on because I'm like, I'm doing something else. But if four episodes play, like, I'm into that. That's fine. Yeah. Definitely very good uh, do some other work uh, background noise. It's totally. For sure. Okay. What are we talking about, though? So we are going to talk about a specific episode. So hopefully Damon has is able to pull this one, but I bet he is. Hold on to your shorts. Uh so, we're going to talk about Season 4, Episode 9. You guys know that one. Oh, about, yeah, right? that one. Okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, it is called Future Stock. Uh, so, it is all about the company. It, they have, like, a. it starts, it opens on them having a shareholders meeting. And then there's an 80s guy who gets uncryogenically frozen. Yeah. So, he and Fry hook up because they were, like, from similar generations. And he's, like, a smarmy business guy. And so he, like, connives to take over the company and is planning on selling it to Mom's Corp, which is, like, the behemoth in the package delivery space, which is what this company does. Uh-huh. But then they go all through, like, selling the company to Mom, and, like, the, they actually use stock prices. Oh. So that's Here we are. where our money comes from. Okay. Do you remember, Do you remember this, this one, one? Should we pause and you spend 20 watch minutes watching it? <laughs> uh, this one's foggy. I would probably, honestly, I'd probably know it better if I knew the B-plot. 
was uh, fine. The B plot. Leela and Hermes explore. <laughs> no, there's kind of a B dentistry. plot about like Zoidberg actually is funnily enough like the the biggest stockholder because Hermes <laughs> keeps giving him yes. stock as like okay. toilet paper or oh, whatever. Yeah. Yes. And like he trades it in for a sandwich. This is what I need. <laughs> <laughs> whatever yeah. gets you there, man. Okay. Um, yeah. So we're talking about trading stocks and companies. We're specifically talking about the value of Planet Express. Oh, okay. Because um, here's what we learn. So kind of to set the scene, they're having the shareholder meeting and you actually get all this information later, but uh, because they start voting to like take over the company. And so the way this, and this is real, the way major decisions get made for companies that have stock outstanding is you have to take a vote and you have to get the majority of the vote to say yes to do a thing. Um, so in a privately held company, even like maybe as multiple owners, like everybody has a set percentage, but when you own stock in a company, you are a very small percent of ownership so you get to vote. Like, yes, I want to be acquired by such and such. No, I don't. Yes, I want this person on our board of directors. No, I don't. Yes, I want to use this accounting firm. No, I don't. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, you technically get to vote on all those things. Okay. In reality, most people, so there's a thing called proxies, which is where it's basically like mail-in vote. You can vote remotely. And your company that owns your shares or that owns your mutual funds that maybe own the shares will send you a bunch of letters about, like, don't forget to vote your proxies. And then no one actually does. And when you don't vote a proxy, it's just whatever management wants you to vote. You, you vote. You voted what they told you to so vote. So really, unless there's, like, contention, like, unless there's, like, a hedge fund that's bought a big part of a company and is, like, trying to whip investors into, like, doing something they think is right, pretty much it's just whatever management decides. <laughs> that's uh, what everybody d- does. I got a letter uh, like this from my 401k. Mm-hmm. This is the same sort of deal, but like... Could be. I mean, so 401ks are required to disclose a bunch of things to you, so it could be actually about here's what your 401k is, but it could easily well, it be... it was like a, please vote on this. Yeah, and then it like, is probably a proxy letter where oh. it's like, hey, uh, Kraft Heinz is thinking about, you know, acquiring whatever... Do you approve that or not? Or? Because I, because of how my investments spread out, I own a stock in something. Yeah, no, oh. you may very well own a stock in something that you get to vote shares in. Very interesting. I couldn't figure out how to make it all work, so you're welcome, management. Yeah, <laughs> like I said, and I mean, most of the time, in theory, if management is good, it doesn't really matter because they're semi, I don't want to say inconsequential. They're consequential, but like they're not that consequential. Sure. Or management knows the business way better than any of us do, and we should vote with what they say. But every now and then we don't. So have you ever heard the term like activist hedge funds? I know that's kind of a no. niche term. So there are certain hedge funds who their whole strategy is like buy a big percentage of a company. Not huge, but like five, six, ten, whatever. And then say basically the whole reason we bought this investment is we think it we bought it at twenty. We think this company should be worth thirty, but we think management is dumbasses. Oh. And so their whole strategy is basically like push management out. We're gonna get in the get way. Get somebody that they think is better, who'll maximize the stock value in the short term, and then they sell out. It tends to be bad for the company because it focuses a ton on short term versus long term, but that sure. is a thing that like exists in the world. Huh. Crazy. Yeah. Also, who has the time? Ah, there you go. <laughs> rich people that almost doing sounds rich like terrorism. Yeah. Uh it is a little bit <laughs> Of like, yeah, it's it's it that is, sounds somewhat it's, destabilizing. It's almost like, like taking something hostage a little bit. A little bit, bit of a coup, huh? Yeah, it, it, a little coup d'état. Okay, so. all right. 
But anyway, so throughout the course of this episode, um, this guy, this 80s guy, I don't actually know his, I'm not even sure he's actually ever named. Let's call him Chad. Chad. Chad eventually gets controlling <laughs> uh, percentages of the company so he doesn't have to take anybody's vote. But at the beginning of the episode, what we find out is Leela has 10,000 shares. Amy has 10,000 shares. Bender has 10,000 shares. Fry has 10,000 shares. Hermes and the Professor have 10,000 shares. So these are all just main cast characters for people who maybe haven't seen the show. There's a random old lady who has one share. That lady in the pink housecoat? Yes. She <laughs> wants it being like a tie-breaking vote. She's my favorite character. Her and Scruffy are like my favorite characters. Well, Scruffy has 40,000 shares <laughs> because Scruffy believes in this company. And then he wipes away a tear. Um, Scruffy's going to live. So these are like... Scruffy. Scruffy's going to die how Scruffy <laughs> lived. <laughs> he sits down and opens a magazine. <laughs> uh, and then you find out... So that's all given to us. But that turns out to be... 49% of the company. So we have to back because this and this uh, 80s guy gets 51% of the company by taking Zoidberg's shares for a sandwich. <laughs> so we have to do some yeah. math to figure out what 51% of the company is, but it turns out to be 104,000 uh, more shares. Jeez. Okay. So <laughs> for a sandwich. Yes. But again, it starts at the beginning of the show and it says, oh, they're worthless. Ah. Uh. So he's just, yeah, Zoidberg's like, I'll trade him for a sandwich. So it winds up with this guy having 51% of the vote. Or maybe it's, I think it's actually 50, because he votes 50% for him becoming CEO. Everybody votes against him. And then the old the lady. The little old lady in the house coat's like, I believe in him too. Yeah, votes for him, basically because the professor was mean to her. Yeah. Okay. So, because she he didn't want to see a, like a presentation about her cats or something. Yes. Kind of <laughs> I really love her so much. Um, so... Because she always calls everything a gajigger. Yes. She, like, <laughs> like the stack gajigger. <laughs> yes, correct. Um, so that's kind of the setup. Most people have 10,000 shares. Uh, Zoidberg slash this other guy has 100. Scruffy has 40. And the old lady has one. <laughs> but here's what we find out. So we find out they're all mad about... Fry teams up with this 80s guy to help him sell the company because he's, like, his protege. And it's so good because they talk about all these, like, business bullshit. Like, all right, let's practice your corporate speak. What would I say if I came up to you and said, I'm worried about X? And he goes, don't you worry about X. Let me worry about X. <laughs> he's like, good. I would have also accepted X, X. Nobody cares about X. And he's, like, <laughs> trait teaching him and, like... <laughs> business euphemisms and they're just uh there's a little too on the nose <laughs> especially because later in the episodes you're like we're worried about you don't worry about don't you worry about x let me worry about x <laughs> <laughs> anywho so he's going to sell the company to mom at 107 dollars and then it goes through like and it's pretty 107 dollars yes a share oh uh, yeah, sorry, not for the whole company. The, <laughs> like, the whole the whole uh, company at one hundred seven dollars a share. But then it goes through this whole thing. So the eighty guy eighties guy dies. He got frozen because he had bonitis, and then oh, he yeah. comes out and he gets all involved in this corporate takeover <laughs> and forgets to forgets to cure his bonitis. And I love it because at the very end he goes, "I only have one regret, and it's forgetting to cure my bonitis." <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he like melt into a pile? Yes, he like. <laughs> It's turned into oh, like, like a ball up. of bones, yeah. <laughs> so they're going to sell it at 107. He dies, and the stock goes down, and then Fry basically goes like, he taught me everything he knows, it goes up to 114. 
Then he says, I had to learn some things myself. <laughs> and it goes down to 99. <laughs> then he says, and what I've learned is what counts is people. And it goes down to 57. <laughs> and he says, people that you love. And then it goes down to 46. <laughs> and he goes, and you can't put a price on that. And then it goes down to 28. <laughs> and he says, therefore, I'm giving up control. And it goes back up to 107. <laughs> and he says, to a man with vast experience, goes up to 115. Uh, a professor goes up to 150, and then he says Hubert Farnsworth, who's sleeping next to him, <laughs> and it goes down to three cents. <laughs> and then Hermes says it's less now than when it was worthless. Because <laughs> it starts out the episode, and Hermes says they're worthless. The yeah. shares are worthless. So, quickly, because this is not the point of, the, of this episode, if it was worth $1 a share, which is what I assumed when it was worthless, quote-unquote, it's worth $200,000. Sure. At okay. 107, which is what it was going to be sold at, it's worth 21.8 million dollars. Uh-huh. Ah, okay. At its max of Farnsworth, before they call him Farnsworth, it would have been 30.6 million. And then when it goes back down to three pennies, it's only worth six thousand dollars. The whole company. <laughs> the whole company. So. That's I'm gonna... less than a used car. Correct. <laughs> I'm going to pause there before we get to the fun part, though. Do, do, what do, questions do, 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 or concerns do, 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 do. you have about that so far? That all makes sense? I think so. Yeah, that I all feel tracks. like I get it. One day I'm going to be that little old lady. How much was the sandwich? Oh, good question. Because from there we can reverse oh, engineer the session, how the, much. The sandwich would have been $104,000 at $1 a share. Because it was 104000 shares. Even even at $0.03 cents a share, it would have been a $3,000 sandwich. <laughs> Because it's it's basically half the company. So even if the whole company is only worth six grand, (laughs) it would be three grand, uh, three grand sandwich. (laughs) It was good. Was it one of those? I don't remember the sandwich. Was it like a regular old sandwich, or was it one of those big sub sandwiches? It's just a normal sandwich. Two pieces of bread, and you can see the lettuce poking out around the sides. That's it. But at some point, uh, they're talking about how they so all of them uh, storm out in a huff because they don't want to sell the company. But then they find out it's worth one hundred and seven dollars a share, so they'd all become millionaires, which they would a million seventy. And so they're all like rejoicing and trying to get Fry to make sure he sells it. And Zoidberg goes, "Oh no." Did my sandwich also appreciate? And he pulls out like a very moldy sandwich. <laughs> then eventually he accidentally eats it and goes, oh no, I'm ruined. <laughs> <laughs> my fortune. <laughs> that sandwich is verbatim the only thing I remember from this episode. That's fair. Really? Yeah. What the sandwich looks the, like? Just the B-plot of Zoe Bergen and sandwich. It's <laughs> all that I recall. Here's the fun part of this episode, though. Okay. You know what Futurama's writers didn't do? What didn't they do? Consider inflation in any way. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This company is worth $107 a thousand years into the future. Oh, no. We have a lot of inflation records. We could figure out what that will be. Uh, like, we, what it should be. Yeah. I mean, we can't really because, like... I was going to say, doesn't like, the whole world get, like frozen over at one point in like yeah the, well, there's like an yeah, apocalypse yeah. there's all this up. like jokes about that but <laughs> what i did is i went okay a thousand years is a long time i mean there's been like we had a five and dime what 50 years ago and now 
that doesn't exist. Demon so Eric. imagine what a thousand years of inflation would do to this, and if it's only worth $107 per share. Damon and I were just down at his folks, and they were talking about how this new store got put in near them called a Five Below, and it's literally like everything is $5 or under, and I was like, so that's like the family dollar, and Damon goes, adjusted for inflation. <laughs> and we're like, oh no. <laughs> but that is correct. I mean, that's what that is, yeah. right? That's why we have dollar stores instead of like nickel and dime shots. Yeah. yeah. So, excuse me. I hope that the podcast could pick up the motorcycle going up the road. Otherwise, it sounds like I silent farted. You'll know whether both? or not it may. Oh, por qué no los dos? You never know. So, what did you do? So, so what did you do? I took the numbers and I ran them you, through a thousand years of inflation calculation uh, backwards, backwards, and nice. forwards. <laughs> like Google Translate. Um, so inflation has run anywhere between... I can put any numbers you want in, but I ran it 2, 2.2, 2.4, 2.6, 2.8, and 3%. So assuming it was one of those numbers for a 1,000 years, so whether it was 2% or 3% or whatever. Sure. Well, here's the thing. Compound interest is a powerful thing. Uh-oh. And a 1,000 years is a very, 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 very long time. It super is. So... If it was $107 a share, and so I did the entire company's value, to be clear, not the share. Right. So if it's $107 a share, the entire company is worth $21.8 million. Okay. Which means that 2% inflation, that is the equivalent of $0.04 in a thousand years. <laughs> so four cents. Four cents. Four point four cents in a thousand years at two percent inflation. Well, it's just nice to know that if you invest now at two point two inflation, because I think we talked about this in the Hamilton thing. But remember, over longer time periods, even a small change in rate makes a bigger makes a difference. Big difference. The longer the time uh, difference, or the longer the time period, the more a small change in rate makes a difference. Yeah. So at two point two percent, it is worth point zero. Zero, 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 one, two dollars. You just just stick it in your bank account now. And in a thousand years, if the world still exists, your descendants could have it. I mean, that's still like a million dollars in what country is that with like the trillion dollar bill? Oh, Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Yeah. At everything from point two point four to three. I expanded it out to point and then 12 zeros and just gave up. Oh, my God. It is so small that after 12 zeros, I have There's not found still it. still not a digit. Oh, no. There is not a single instance on my sheet, including at $150 a share, that even with 2% inflation, it gets greater. It gets up to 10 cents. <laughs> At $150 a share, the whole company is worth $30.5 million, and it is, in three in the year 3000, effectively worth six cents. <laughs> what? How do they stay afloat? I think that's the joke. That is the joke, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. But, like, I, I mean, it's not even a penny stock, which is a thing that exists. There are stocks worth, like, 10 pennies and whatever, like... It's not even that. <laughs> it's worth, I mean, it's worth nothing. Literally worthless. Well, I mean, like, 
Because they say specifically, when it's worth $100 a share, they say we're all going to be millionaires. And, like, are excited about that. Implying that, like, it's the same amount of money as it, like, the same buying powers it would be today. So, I actually think about this with inflation quite a bit. And, like, I get over the course of, like, the last 100 years the way that money has changed and the way that interest rates have, like, affected things. Like, you know, a dime doesn't have the buying power that it used to. But, like, looking ahead just in the time that, we're going to be alive. Like Knock on wood. Every dollar that we have today is going to be like $4 will have the same buying power when we go to retire. Yeah, you I know? mean, I will say, so remember when we did the Hamilton one, now admittedly we only did 300 years, I assumed like 2 or 3% and tamed to come out to be some crazy thing. But then we looked back and actually there was a bunch of periods of like either zero or de-inflation yeah. and was not as aggressive as what we thought it would be. So I sure. imagine like you can't just assume a flat two or three percent for like the rest of time no absolutely and my guess this is more like a philosophical question of like at what point in the future where like you know a hundred dollars has the same buying power as like a dollar today like don't we just recategorize yeah like do you reset i actually had that thought because so here's what i did the opposite way uh like i did a two percent inflation this seems wrong but i i'm I'm looking at the calculation and it's right for a thousand years. Um, and like one, $107 share. Is that right? (laughs) I mean, the math works out. (laughs) This is like watching uh, a movie, like a science fiction movie where you're experimenting on an alien. I I like Jesus. If we give the alien a cold, (laughs) one, $107,000 share would be worth, would be, Basically, like it would have to be fifty-two billion. What? I mean, over a thousand years—that makes sense. (laughs) I know, but that's—I'm with you though. Of like, at some point, you just reset and like, your hundred dollars is now a dollar, right? And like, you just you change money systems or something. Maybe it's through crypto or maybe it's through something else. But like, you're not like. Oh, do you have a? I have a fifty like, billion dollar bill. I just can never imagine like, the world. That's not gonna make sense. No, I can never imagine the world where you walk into the grocery store and you pay three hundred and fifty dollars for a gallon of milk. You know, yeah. like well, let's all go to Zimbabwe. Yeah, where you like have a fifty dollar bill in your wallet, and I'm like, oh, sorry, like can you make like you know the can cash registers change? like like hundred dollar bills? They're like no fifty billions, and you're like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I just that's what I have, okay? I took it out to go to the casino and dropped 40 billion dollars last night. And they get the little pen out to make sure it's legit. And they have to tack on extra zeros to the back of their cash register number thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly like this never the problem. This never a problem that like a human is going to have to face, you know? But like even that like $4 buying power like that implies that it would be $12 to buy a gallon of milk when we're you know, retired. Yep. And it's like, that seems like odd. You well, know? here's the deal: we're not going to have milk because we'll have gotten rid of all the cows. Uh, but we will have oat no, milk. It's going to be cockroach milk, nut milk. Oh. <laughs> Why'd you make it so much worse? I was going to escalate was, to pigeon I like, milk. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I'm okay with oat milk, and then cockroach milk. I was suddenly less okay with. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Although I had a system many bugs of three. I would be okay with eating, not cockroaches though. Uh, 
yeah, I think I'm like no problem with it. I'm okay with bugs if that's how the food I want them in like a go. meal or like into a patty or something. In the same, but in the same way, I don't want to like, like in Snowpiercer when it's just that little yes. candy bar. Little, but in the yeah. same way, I don't want to like take a bite out of a cow. I want it to be a steak. So I guess it's no different. I guess not. Just hand it to me in like a form that I find palatable. Exactly. You're not gonna eat a friggin' stalk of wheat off the friggin' stalk. Yeah. Stalk. Yeah. Um. I've had I've had those mealworms that they like roast and they tasted like popcorn. So oh, I do love popcorn. Yeah, it's not bad. But also, popcorn's not that bad. No, we could we're probably gonna. It's really meat corn. we need to get rid yeah. of. <laughs> not as much of the plant protein. That's pretty okay, <laughs> or whatever else. Um, yeah, no, but I'm with you, Damon. Like, so here's the real hope: is that we go back to whatever episode that was. Season four, episode Logan's nine. Run. Where we talked about, like, we're getting productive enough that at some point we probably just don't need money or work because we can cover everyone's basic necessities and then some. I don't know if the world will ever get to that place. In fact, it's only getting more unequal. But in theory, like, we could get there and then nobody has to worry about this. But at yes, point, I agree we'll with you. At some point, eat the rich and they'll have to reset because there's no way they're like, oh, one gallon of milk? Yeah, that'll be 37 million dollars thank you like how much could a banana cost michael (laughs) (laughs) um yeah yeah you're gonna have to reset i feel like the the earlier thing that we brought up of the like apocalypse that his cryogenics thing lives through probably resets it a fair amount i imagine over a thousand years i imagine it was reset a couple of times yeah you'd think right we only been around they're back on the gold standard (laughs) they went out found a bunch of planets made of gold and went okay we'll go back to the gold standard (laughs) A bunch of like uh, skeletons of humans with all their gold around them. And they're like, oh, oh, good, gold. It yeah. comes from human bones. I see. <laughs> Let's harvest. Oh, that's an actual Futurama plot. Oh, yeah. With the human horn. The human horn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they take their nose as an aphrodisiac. Think the aliens take their nose as an aphrodisiac, thinking it's their sexual organs. And then they're like, the person's like, that's not where the sexual organ is. Like, oh, we'll take that. And they go, no, 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 no. no. it is the nose. <laughs> 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 you got it. You figured whoops, it out. Whoops. <laughs> They scrape it on their food like nutmeg. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be a truffle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gross. Don't eat that. That's where boogers come from. <laughs> and yet we're okay with bugs. Yeah. Most bugs. That's Some bad. bugs. Some bugs. I'd eat grasshopper. I'd eat grasshopper. I don't... The, the like, novelty thing, like, if it's in chocolate and I can bite it, that's fine. It's weird to put it in chocolate, but as soon as you put it in the lollipop and it's like a slow process, I'm out. You got to let me eat it like processed. <laughs> it's got to be gone in one bite, yeah, basically. Because if I think it about it too long, I'm going to get the willies. Right. Yeah. Also, Snowpiercer, they should have chilled out about the whole eating bugs thing. What else do they think that they have? Yeah. yeah. It's not like a cattle was, was, was that or human? When they, like, yeah. literally, Babies. when I was watching that movie, I found out it was bugs and I was like, oh, thank God. This yeah. didn't take a yeah. cannibalistic turn. I'm, well, it I'm glad. does in the end. Well. Spoilers. <laughs> They're like, we were eating babies, but the bugs are so much worse. I'm like, are they? They are not. Yeah. Eat your jelly cube. You can give up some taste for not eating humans. I'd prefer it. Personally. As a human with meaty arms. Liz doesn't, <laughs> Liz doesn't want to take a strong stance, but yeah, she's willing to plant her flag in the bugs over babies. I don't want to alienate here. any of our listeners, we've, but personally... we. We here at Make Believe Money have taken a vote, we've discussed it at length, and we've decided to give our endorsement to bugs over Over babies. babies. Not to yuck anybody's yum. (laughs) 
And we're not saying none of you can eat babies. We're just saying we, <laughs> we here personally will not are be bugs eating babies. People. We're going to be like the vegans of, of the future. We're going to be like, ugh, I gave up babies years ago. Babies are so bad for the environment. <laughs> Plus, I just feel better since I stopped eating them. <laughs> yeah, I feel a lot lighter. I just have a lot more energy. And I'm and, not as uh, guilty. <laughs> I don't get haunted at night by the screams. <laughs> Whoa. Like for vegans. <laughs> <laughs> the screams of cows. So yeah, basically I, I didn't have like a ton here other than just like, I was sitting there and I was watching this episode and I was like, oh, this all holds up. Like this is the only f- real future money, Futurama money one I can think about. And then I was like, wait a second, this is a thousand years in the future. That's, that's just all wrong. This isn't correct. If this was 30 years in the future, it'd be wrong. <laughs> that's just so funny that the company is worth four cents at best estimate. You could also do the one where uh, Amy's family all owns Mars. Owns oh, all yeah. of Mars. They do. And they wind up owning only half of it, I believe. Yeah. yeah. How do you own a planet? You Guns. Guns. You press the native population. Oh, That's how that they, did they did it. Okay, yeah. you're right. <laughs> that makes sense. Asked and answered. Yeah. Okay, great. We don't need to do an episode about that. I think we covered yeah. it. <laughs> Musk is just banking on the native population being... Uh, you know, single-celled organisms, so. Gross. Have you seen War of the Worlds? Sometimes they win. Yeah, sometimes Or evolution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what flavor ice cream? It doesn't matter. It's for my ass. <laughs> that movie is so good. It's such a funny movie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take my leg. Don't take my leg. It's headed up north. Take the leg. Take the leg. Do uh, you have anything else for us? Yeah. Not on this one. I think I think that's it. Okay. I mean, short and sweet. A thing. Short and sweet. Yeah. Send us your uh, Futurama facts. I love Futurama so much. That's my that's one of my favorites. I was gonna say it's my favorite show, but I think I say that about everything I am fondly remembering as I fondly remember it. It's my favorite. It's your most recent favorite. It's my most recent favorite. I've got a goldfish memory for favorites. Anyway, thanks for listening to Make Believe Money. I've been Liz. I've been Damon. I've been Dan. As always, please rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice and spread the word. Go out there and tell a whole bunch of people about us and get that word out. Uh, Thanks as always to our uh, composer, Charles E. Miller, for her music. Uh, Listen to her on Spotify or uh, buy her stuff on Amazon or iTunes. Uh, She's also got just like hard copy CDs, and those are fun if you still have a CD player. You know? Were you going to say something, Dan? I just appreciate the way you say on your podcatcher of choice, because I've been listening. I always listen to a lot of podcasts, but I was listening the other day, and like, there's a bunch of podcasts where like, we're on Apple, on Stitcher, we're we're on on whatever, and then they always end with, and anywhere you get your podcast. I'm like, why not just start with that? Yeah. Like, why not just say, get us where you get podcasts? Yeah. Like, if you're already listening to a podcast, clearly these people know where to get a podcast. Uh, The only thing I'll say about that is, uh, it seems like because Apple owns all of our lives, uh, that's the best place to review us. It that is the best us. place to review us, and yes. that I appreciate. But like Listen when people wherever. go and find it, they're like, you can find it on Spotify. Tune you can find in. us on Spotify or TuneIn. Or the NPR One app. Yeah, they name like... <laughs> I don't think we're on that, though. Uh, fair <laughs> enough. They name them like 100, and I'm like, just say where podcasts are. Yeah, where fine podcasts are sold. Yes. Done. Anywho, I derailed you. No, that's fine. This is a This is an episode... After a long break from episoding. So what else do I have to say? Oh, email us at makebelievemoneypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, find us on Instagram at mbmpodcast. 
Uh, I think that's all that I have to say. What do I usually say when I say these? Bye. You normally <laughs> panic and say then bye? go, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> that is what you say, though. Do 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 do